It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 16th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr_omd. underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about the Magic's upcoming game against the Detroit Pistons and the impending return of Mo Bamba. And what's really the central tension of the season, specifically when it relates to Bamba. We'll talk a little bit about that, the changing roles for the Magic as they try to make their playoff push. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just search on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. I was a guest on Locked On Pistons today talking about the Orlando Magic, so be sure to check out that show. They do a great job covering the Pistons there. You can also check out all the other great podcasts. Want to figure out what was going on in Denver when Golden State decided to just make every three-pointer they could in the first quarter? Check out Locked On Warriors and Locked On Nuggets. Want to get ready from want to get ready for the league from the national perspective? Check out Locked On NBA and Locked On Fantasy Basketball. There's a Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same excruciating detail. We cover the Orlando Magic and a Locked On podcast for your NFL, MLB, and college needs as well. To search for Locked On and the team you're looking for on iTunes today, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. And don't forget as well that you can call on your Locked On Pod, your favorite Locked On Podcast, using your smart home device. I don't know exactly how they work, but they do. And you can listen to your Locked On Podcasts using them. The Orlando Magic taking on the Detroit Pistons in what is, at least in soccer parlance, a six-pointer. The Magic a half game ahead of the Pistons at 19 and 24. The Pistons at 18 and 24. And so, regardless of who's in eighth, and, and the Pistons are not in eighth, the Pistons are in tenth. Regardless of who is in eighth, these are the games that very well determine whether you make the playoffs or not. These are the games that 
separate teams in the standings. And yes, Orlando probably will, and probably will have to, climb over a lot of teams or or ward off a lot of teams to stay in this packed Eastern Conference playoff race. I, I just want to remind you where we're at in the standings here. Miami in sixth is 10 and five at tw- as, as tw- 10 and a half games back at 21 and 21. So six is the mark, 21 and 21, 500 record. The Brooklyn Nets are a half game back at 22 and 23. The Charlotte Hornets are one game back of them at 20 and 23. The Magic are one game back of them at 19 and 24. The Pistons a half game behind them. The Wizards a game back of them. Between the 11th place Washington Wizards at 18 and 26 and the 6th place Miami Heat at 21 and 21 is four games. So four games separate 6th from 11th. And on top of all that, currently the only team with a winning record in their last 10 games among those teams is the Brooklyn Nets at 6 and 4. It's a lot of teams sort of treading water and struggling a little bit. None more so than the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons have now won only two of their last 10 games. They're coming off a West Coast road trip, just like the Magic, where they really struggled going, uh, I believe it was 1-3 on that West Coast road trip, getting a big win against the Clippers, but falling to the Lakers, falling to the Kings, falling to the Jazz. Before that road trip, they also lost to the Spurs and Jazz at home. So they've they've lost four of their past five games, and again, Two, and again, eight of their last 10. That includes that loss to the Magic on a buzzer beater. In fact, let's go a little let's go a little further than that. The Detroit Pistons have really struggled of late, uh, not winning much fewer games uh, in, 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 that stre- in that stretch. I'm going to pull it up here in just a moment because I just scanned the schedule. The Pistons, in fact, were 14 and 13 on December 15th. They have now lost 11 of their last 15 games. It's honestly a little bit worse than that. The Pistons are actually 13-7, and seven, so they've only won 5 of their last 22. It's not a good record. Not a good record at all. So the Pistons are definitely a team that's struggling. And, you know, if you go listen to Locked On Pistons, which, which I highly suggest you do, um, the host there, Matt Schock, uh, made an interesting comparison that that feels really true now that I'm looking at this team a little bit closer. The Pistons and the Magic are very mirror image images of each other. Down to like every little detail. The Magic are 26th in, 6th in the league in offensive rating, scoring 104.5 points per 100 possessions. The Pistons are 23rd at 105.6. The Magic and the Pistons are tied for 13th in the league in defensive rating at 108.4 points allowed per 100 possessions. And if you would believe this, the Pistons bench is nothing to write home about, just like the Magics. These two teams have played two very competitive games already this year. The Pistons winning by by seven and a come-from-behind victory in the first meeting, and then Orlando coming from behind to take the lead late, take the lead late and hold on using an Evan Fournier game-winning shot at the buzzer to secure the victory. And again, those season series matter. They do. You thought I was joking when I talked about that with the Heat. These things matter. So this game is, again, a six-pointer, a true six-pointer. 
It matters both for the standings and keeping keeping pace in the East. It also matters because those tiebreakers could come in handy in April. So this, this is obviously a huge game. And obviously a huge game like this starts with figuring out how to contain the best player on the team. And that best player right now is Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin should be and will be an all-star. 25.4 points per game, 8.2 rebounds per game, uh, 54.3% effective field goal percentage. Uh, His assists are up to 5.2 assists per game. He's really been unlocked as a playmaker in the way that Nikola Vucevic has been unlocked on the Magic. But, you know, I, I, I don't think it's crazy to say that Blake Griffin is a slightly better player. Griffin scored 44 points in the win over the Clippers, 34 in the loss of the Spurs, 34 in the loss of the Jazz, but uh, really, you know, he's had some ups and downs as a scorer. And Aaron Gordon will get the call on him, and Aaron Gordon's done a good job on him. In the win against the Pistons uh, back in December, Griffin only scored 15 points on 4 for 10 shooting. Gordon did a very good job against him there. In the first meeting, Griffin scored 20 points on 7 for 17 shooting. So Gordon does give Griffin some problems. And this Magic team has played the Pistons very, very competitively. Vucevic gets, you know, is very attentive defensively against Andre Drummond. He pulls Drummond away from the basket a little bit on defense. So they, they're able to counteract each other. But Drummond does get his rebounds against the Magic. Vucevic has to, has to work really hard on the glass in this game. But really it's about, and really for the Pistons in total, it's about... The perimeter shooters and perimeter scores. Are they going to show up and are they going to play at a generally high level? That's always the mystery. Reggie Jackson is an interesting point guard, but not one I think that people go crazy over. Um, you know, they, they're, they're going to have Ish Smith back for this game. Stanley Johnson has really struggled to develop as a shooter. Um, you know, Reggie Bullock is a good shooter, but. This is a team that that has a lot of ill-fitting pieces around two very, very good players in Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. And so, the question always, the question remains then with this game is which weakness becomes a strength? It might really come down to which bench shows up, which of the, as Shaq would put it, other players step up to the plate. These two teams are bottom of the playoff teams. You know what you're going to get from your Nikola Vucevic's. You know what you're going to get from your Andre Drummond's and your Blake Griffin's and to some extent your Aaron Gordon's and Evan Fournier's. It's about what those other guys do. In the Pistons win, it was the bench that stepped up. Luke Kennard had a big game and helped Detroit come back and win it. In the second game, it was Stanley Johnson who had a big game, if I'm not mistaken. And so Orlando's got to be sharp defensively and, and attentive. They'll be they'll have the room to make some mistakes against this team. But when there's the, but the starters have to beat the other starters, and the bench has to play better than the other bench. Sounds so simple, but that's really how even these teams are. It might be ugly at times. Neither team is a particularly pretty basketball team to watch. But this is a big game for Orlando. Really, the next two games are humongous for Orlando. Detroit and Brooklyn are the teams the Magic are essentially chasing. I know Magic are technically ahead of the Pistons right now. But these are the teams that the Magic need to beat and climb over to get into playoff position. Like I said the other day, the Magic are in the fight now. Every game has some pressure to it. 
some importance beyond that individual game, that winning means a little bit more. And we've never seen the Magic react to this pressure, not this deep into the season. And again, I think it's going to be really interesting and really instructive and really good for this team's development to be in that fight. This is a big one. You got two nice wins at home the other the, the other day. You've had a couple days to decompress, practice, and, and sharpen up. How are you going to respond and come out now? Another tough stretch in the schedule is ahead. A bunch of games bunched into, into one area. How are you going to respond now? That's the big question for this Magic team, and they've got to start taking care of business. So we'll see if they can against the Detroit Pistons. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One question that was left, uh, that, that was left somewhat answered after practice on, on Tuesday, on Tuesday uh, is the status of Mo Bamba. Bamba's missed the last three games with a with a what's reported what's been called a foot injury, he's officially listed as questionable. And Steve Clifford said that he doesn't anticipate that he'll play Wednesday. They want to give him a couple more days off and bring him back into the fold on Friday for the game against the Brooklyn Nets and, and the back to back there. They know there's a lot of games coming on, so they want to just manage his injury. Undoubtedly, though, Bamba's season has been full of some promise. There's no doubt about that but also some disappointment. He's a rookie, so you don't want to go crazy over him. But so far this year, Bamba is averaging 6.3 points per game and 5 rebounds per game with 1.4 blocks per game. The blocks are certainly what you'd expect. He's shooting only 46.7% from the floor and a 50.9% effective field goal percentage. His three-point percentage has dropped to 28.1%. When the Magic drafted Bamba, they knew he'd be a little bit of a work in progress. He'd be rough around the edges. Playing only 16.6 minutes per game is about all you can handle physically right now. You don't want to throw him in there for starters minutes because, frankly, he'll get beat up. Go back and watch that Spurs game. He got torched, just shoved and moved around. There's not a lot he can do about that right now. He's just got to keep going in the weight room and keep working. He's going to live in the weight room this summer. And the skill development will come as his strength develops and as he gets a little more experience. But it's also clear, and some of it is the lineups he's in, that Bamba hasn't had the positive effect the Magic hoped for. It's a well-trot-out stat, so I will trot it out again. The Magic have a team worst, at least among rotation players, minus 17 net rating. When Bamba's on the floor. Essentially, the Magic are 17 points per 100 possessions worse with Bamba on the floor. Their defense is about the same. 108.3 defensive rating with Bamba on the floor. So their defense, he's not really making a huge impact defensively. But the offense craters. And some of that is the lineups he's in. He's in with the bench lineup mostly. So a lot of Terrence Ross, a lot of Jaron Grant. Definitely skews these numbers. And it's not all on Bamba. 91.3 offensive rating with him on the floor. 
certainly the analysis on Bamba goes beyond the numbers. It's not just about what he's doing on the floor. It's about the energy he brings and the impact he can make. When he's active and engaged and defending at a high level, he does make an impact. We've seen it throughout the season where he looks like he should finish games because his shot blocking, when he's confident roaming the paint, is really good. He can change games with that shot blocking. We've seen it done. And the Magic, trying to kind of get him back playing in that direction, have given him the trust and and the willingness to go out there and block shots, to chase down blocks, to, to kind of roam around a little bit. I think that is an effective way for him to play, especially at this stage of his career. But there's also no denying the other side of that coin. And the last three games especially, especially the last two actually, the last three games have shown the reemergence of Kem Birch. A player who simply knows his role really well. Plays the pick and roll exceptionally well. Probably the best pick and roll defender on the team. Can block and change shots without being out of position defensively. And doesn't ever try to do too much offensively. Birch is an energy player through and through. He makes big plays for the team when they need them. And when he's called upon, as he's been called upon this past weekend, he's stepped up to the plate once again. For the season, so 19 games, 163 minutes, Birch has a plus .6 net rating. Team's defense is 103.2 defensive rating with him on the floor. In the last two games with Ken Birch on the floor, the Magic have a team-best 29.8 net rating. They're 29.8 points per 100 possessions better than their opponents, including a 94 defensive rating. Again, that's not all Birch. I want to make that clear. But clearly, he's had a positive impact on the team and is playing really, really well. But Steve Clifford has made it clear, at least earlier in the week, that when Bamba's healthy, Bamba will return to the rotation. He's not going to get Wally pipped or anything. And that gets to one of the central tensions right now of the Magic season. As I've said numerous times, and I firmly believe this, and I, 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 I think they should be doing whatever they need to do to accomplish this goal, the Magic should be trying to make the playoffs. Their goal is within sight. And like I said, playing these pressure games, having to sit here and say, hey, this game is not only important to get a win, it's important for tiebreakers. It's important for playoff positioning and standings. Saying those things for this franchise the last six years is rare. It, 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 it frankly doesn't exist. And so getting that experience, I think, does matter. But undoubtedly, too, this isn't the final picture of the team. If the Magic were to make the playoffs this year, yes, it kind of would feel a little bit like they are pushing their ceiling here. And we've seen the best of what this group can be because as clearly as they can be a playoff team that we're seeing now, 
And again, playoff team is, is relative. I'll, I'll cop to that. They can also be the team we've seen of the last six years. Again, that, that, that margin of error is very, very narrow. And the difference is, is much finer than I think we all appreciated. And of course, there's still the opportunity, there's still the chance that they do fall apart. And so, with the future in mind, it is important to get Bamba minutes. It is important to throw him out there in positions where he can succeed, but also positions where he can learn what the NBA is really like. And the Magic certainly are invested heavily in Bamba to do that. A, a, a fair criticism of Clifford has been his unwillingness to play young players. And mostly he's unwilling to play them because they make mistakes, especially on defense. Is Bamba making a ton of defensive mistakes? I wouldn't say so. But at the same time, if Ken Birch keeps up the level of play he's had over the last week, Ken Birch is the better player for the now, for today, to help the team make the playoffs. Josh Robbins of The Athletic wrote a really interesting article over the weekend saying that the Magic need to start Ken Birch. And his reasoning is more along the lines of the young players in on this team and in this franchise have to learn that no nothing is earned or nothing is given. Every minute is earned. And if Bamba is not the best player, he should not play. He should have to fight and scratch and claw to get those minutes. And I think there is something to that. I, I don't think that that's a completely winning argument, but but I, I do do agree with the point. I would argue Bamba still has earned those minutes. But maybe Birch is still just the better player for the now. This tension between trying to make the playoffs now and the ultimate rebuild is seen everywhere else in the franchise. It's seen in the trade deadline discussions most especially. I would venture I would say that yes, the Magic should seriously think about re-signing Vucevic with the way he's played this year. But I would also say he's not the future of the team at center, Mobamba is. And so that does raise questions, well how much are you willing to pay him? How long are you willing to pay him for? And if you're not willing to pay him what you think he's going to get in the market, then why don't you trade him now, even if it means losing the playoffs? This tension between future and present is going to be a central storyline for the rest of the year. Let's say Birch goes out and kills it again on Wednesday night in Detroit. And Bamba's ready to come back Friday night. Do you go back to Bamba with the team on a winning streak? On a three-game winning streak? Do you keep riding the hot hand? A, a, a Birch, a guy that you can trust, you know is going to play good defense? What does that do to Bamba's confidence and his development? More importantly, what would bringing Bamba back do to the team's hopes of winning and making the playoffs? Clifford's job is to win basketball games, and he's probably going to do what he thinks will help the team win the most. He's not in the develop he's in the development business because all coaches are in that business, but his rotation decisions, at least at this point in the season, are probably not going to be based 
on tr- on trying to develop guys over trying to win games. But you can see this push and pull that we're going to see and experience throughout the rest of the year. The Magic don't have to worry about it Wednesday night. Wednesday night, Bamba is most likely out. And Birch will get his chance again. And having multiple players that you trust and feel good about and having to decide is a good problem to have. Clifford did that with Wessa Wundu. Wessa Wundu started a few games when there was an injury, played really, really well, and then got taken out of the rotation essentially because Clifford wanted to give Jonathan Simmons the opportunity. And maybe that is a flaw in Clifford, that he trusted the veteran rather than the rookie. When a Wundu did nothing wrong, deserved playing time, should have gotten playing time, and Simmons continued to struggle. There is something there. A fair criticism indeed. I think in hindsight, a Wundu might have been the right guy because a Wundu's played fantastic this year. And even there, you see that tension. Not as much, but you see that tension between what's good for the team now and what's good for the team in the future. This is going to be a part of every decision the Magic make from here on out. Because yes, the team and the coaches are trying to win games. But management is thinking beyond this year. They may not do anything or make any moves to sabotage what they have working in the now. But you can bet they're thinking and hoping to have them succeed with what's going to work in their ultimate vision of the future. And whether that's the case or not, only they know. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. I also have to highly suggest checking out the latest episode of Fournier for Real. Evan Fournier has been doing a kind of behind-the-scenes uh, web series throughout the whole season, going through his summer workouts. Um, he just did a, a really interesting episode on the Magic's practice facility and kind of goes behind the scenes and shows takes you around uh, where the Magic work every single day. Uh, every single day. Um, I, I thought it was a really good episode of Fournier for Real, so definitely check that out. You can find that on YouTube. I also link to it on orlandomagicdaily.com. On tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Magic, we'll have a complete recap of the Magic's game against the Detroit Pistons. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.